All right, all right, all right. Put your sandwiches down, get your feet off the couch, and listen up. You are listening to MMO Radio Podcast Show. And what does MMO stand for? That stands for Movie Markout. In case you don't know what a mark is, get yourself a dictionary or look it up online, and it'll tell you exactly what a mark is. And we are going to be marking out today. I am here. I am Popcorn Pete, along with my partner in crime, Vinny the Vault. Vinny the Vault. And today we're going to talk about movies that scared the ever living shit out of us. We're also going to be talking about scenes from movies that made us jump out of our seats and movies that us made made us feel uneasy when we watched them. So, Vinny. Well, let's start off saying that this is not, and I repeat, not a spoiler-free zone. We're not going to give you away any endings. We're not going to give away any big surprise twists in plot. But if you haven't watched some of these movies by now... You're an idiot. You're an idiot. It's your it's your fault you haven't watched anything from the 40s, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, or possibly even the 90s. Um, if you have if if you are not a movie mark, then you shouldn't even be listening to this podcast. I totally agree. I totally agree. So let's start out with uh, some of the movies that scared us. Scared the shit out of us. Okay, go ahead. Start with one. I mean, and you know, th- this could all be at an age. It's all suggestive to the age you're at, what right. the conditions are you're watching it in, um, anything like that. Totally agree. But I mean, like, sometimes, like, you'll watch a movie and then years and years and years later, you watch them again. And then you're like, why was I scared of that? Yes, true. Right. But then there are still those that, to this day, you watch it in certain conditions and it's still, it still scares the shit out it, of you. It still freaks the fuck out of you. Yep. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so did you want me to go first? Yeah, go or? first. Go, go right ahead. Okay. Uh, one of the first movies, and I know this has to do with my age that I saw it. I was a very young child. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's probably a movie that a lot of people haven't heard of. Okay. And it was a movie called Nightwing. Oh, yes, Nightwing. I remember Nightwing about the rabid bats. The rabid bats. Yes. Right. And I just remember going to the theater to see it, you know, because you see the previews and everything, you know, like, oh, this is great, you know, I want to check this out. And I went... And I saw it, well, I saw a part of it. You saw a part of it. I saw a part of it because I actually got so scared that I was with my aunt at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't watch this, I can't watch this. So (laughs) we ran out of the theater and uh, there was another movie playing and it was called The Main Event. Um... Barbara Streisand and um, da, 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 Brian O'Neill? No. Yes, Brian yes. Brian O'Neill? Uh, Ryan O'Neill. Ryan O'Neill. I knew it was an O'Neill. But, uh, so we ran out of the theater and we're like, oh, you know, that was too scary. Uh, can we see something else? And 
they obliged and they led us into the other the movie but um it was <laughs> like looking back at it now yeah it was just like that stop motion animation uh, yeah true and it was just like I look back at it now and I was like why was I scared of that <laughs> but now the question is, the big question is, is have you watched it in the past since then oh yeah you have and it's horrible it's, yes it is and, a horrible and, movie and I wasn't I, I didn't want to say anything because I've seen it and other than watching a bunch of people run around where bats fly just over their heads on wit on wires you know it just, uh, <laughs> it just it looks like they're moving in the bats aren't uh Right, and and plus, you know, you got the stop motion animation. Yes. So it's like, cut, 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 and you can see where the cuts are being made. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I was like, why was I even scared of that? But well, it, you were how old? Oh, I was, I was very young. Okay. Very, very young. So right, I mean, so. that that uh, that scared the shit out of me. And <laughs> like looking back at it now, I mean, it, it's one of those laughable movies. Right. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, you know. Probably anybody who's listening right now would be like, "Oh, I've never even heard of that movie." Yeah. See, now I, I've I've ne- I've never left a film because I was scared. I've always left films because the the film was just so bad that I couldn't take it anymore. Those are the films <laughs> that I've left on. I mean, there's been few and far in between times where, like, I've seen a movie. And not necessarily horror movies, but, uh, you know, there have been movies that I'm watching, and I just wanted to leave the theater. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Perfect example. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to get back into this list, but perfect example was Ace Ventura 2, When Nature Calls. And here's the thing. Uh, there was the town that I live in. There was two movie theaters that were competing with one another. Mm-hmm. And one had a dollar movie night. And I was like, okay, I can see a movie and, you know, I'll pay more for the popcorn than I will for the uh, seeing the movie. Yeah. And I was watching Ace Ventura 2 and I was just like, I just wanted to get up and leave. But I was there with my girlfriend and her kid at the time and I was like, you know what, all right, I'll, I'll pull through this. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I know where you're coming from because I... I have, I've, I've, remembering, I can only remember two movies that I actually walked out on. Um, oh, so you actually yeah, did. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, but it wasn't because I was I was scared. It was because right. the bar movies were so bad. I walked out of Waterworld. Oh, horrible. Yep, yeah, and I walked out of, um, uh, I think it was To Die For Me with Nick, uh, Nicole Kidman. Oh, uh, to die for. To die for. To die for. Okay, I that walked was, out of both of those. That was based on the uh, the Pamela Smart yes, murders up yes. in New Hampshire. I walked out of both of those. The only movie that I remember not walking out on because the movie was so bad, and I was hoping that it would get better, was Under the Cherry Moon with Prince. Oh, uh. the movie was horrible. <laughs> I can only say that I stayed until the very end because. They killed Prince. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> they killed Prince. Sorry about that. They killed Prince in the movie, and it was like the only up th- upside of that entire film. Right. I mean, that, but, you know, I mean, like, you're a Prince fan. Yes. I'm a Prince fan. 
and you know after Purple Rain, you expected so much more. Oh yes. And Prince expected that. Well, hey, he could do not nothing wrong. Yeah, and I can direct, and I can write a movie. But I mean, honestly, it was just the drizzling shits. Yeah. I mean, that movie sucked. Yeah. But uh, let's get back into this and okay. uh, let's name one of the movies that uh, scared the crap out of you. Okay, mine is Squirm. And if nobody's ever heard of Squirm, it's it runs in the category of killer animals. Right. So in this case, it's killer worms. The ground gets electrified, and all these worms come out. Spoiler. With a hunger. <laughs> Why? It's not an ending. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay, go ahead. What did we just say? It was a spoiler-free zone. So unless I'm telling an ending. There's no spoilers. Okay, well, then <laughs> disregard what I just said. But anyway. The ground gets electrified and the, the worms come up and start chewing on people. Right. Uh, specifically, the worms that are in this worm farm, which are, I guess, they're genetically modified sea worms. Mm-hmm. Which have, sea worms, if you don't know, have actually have teeth. Yeah, and they show close-ups in there. Right, they're, and those are actual sea worms. And they're ugly and they're close as shit, up. yes. They've got, like, outside teeth and then inside teeth. And I'll tell you, they are the damnedest things to try to get undone from your fingers if you ever get bit by one. Have you ever gotten bit by one? Oh, yes. How would I know? No. Well, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, I just remember... You know what it's like to get a, a fish hook in your, fi- in your hand or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, think of that about ten times more. Ooh. Because this thing, no matter how much you pull on it, it grabs on even more. <laughs> and the thing that was freaky about that movie, you know, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but the, the thing that was freaky about that movie is, like, when the teeth came out, and you hear this... Oh, yeah, they, they, yeah, they actually gave it a roar. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. ooh, that's yeah. creepy. Yeah, which, you know, worms don't have a roar. Right. <laughs> it's just it's even, just, even it's when just, you stick the hook through them, yeah, they don't make a they don't make a sound. <laughs> but no, that was that that freaked me out because at the time I was a bi- I was I was big into fishing. Okay, and I'd fish you know I fish salt water as well as fresh water. Right, and you know I fish on the piers and things like that. And once I saw that, and I knew what's I knew what. Um, saltwater worms were like. Right. It was like, well, I don't really need to see this anymore. I, I, I don't like this. But parts of the parts of what freaked me out about the movie was there's a part where the worms have literally taken over this entire town. Right. And they're in the pipes and they're in the water and everything. And they've got this one girl turns the water on to a shower and she lets the water run like everybody else does. They let the water warm up. Kind of like a, a psycho scene. Yeah. Yeah. But what happens is the water starts gurgling, and it's because the worms are clogging up the pipe. Right, right, right. And then all of a sudden, the worms are starting to hang from the open holes in the shower, in the shower head. So you have all these worms starting to hang down towards her as she's fiddling around with the the, no, the knob on the, for the nozzle, and she goes, oh, the hell with it. And she just shuts the water off. And then she looks back, <laughs> and the worms are all sucked back up. Yeah, that was a that was a that was an interesting movie. Um, yeah. I think the the special effects was done by Rick Baker. If I'm not it mistaken, it might it might have been. All I know is that's one of the few films that I that I know of 
firsthand that got changed in ratings. Because when I went to see that as a kid, that was rated R. Mm -hmm. it, I got the when I picked up the Blu-ray a couple of years back, it was rated PG. Really? Yes. Wow. So that was actually that the the ratings board actually changed the rating on that. Well, you know the director Frank Henelotta from Basket Case. Yes. I believe it was Basket Case or one of his other movies, but they. <laughs> They actually wanted to have the first rating for his movies, mm -hmm. S. Oh, really? Standing for shit. <laughs> <laughs> because they were just so bad. But, um, all right. Uh, another movie that scared the hell out of me was, it was a foreign film. Okay. I think it might have been from Italy or someplace, but it was called... Terror, not to be confused with the the Boris Karloff terror or the Jackson Nicholson terror. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not to be confused with those, but it was about a witch that supposedly put a, a curse on this town, and they basically burned her alive at the stake. And then later on, years later. She comes back, almost kind of like the Blair Witch Project, mm -hmm. but you know she starts terrorizing people. And, okay. You know, I mean, it was a it was a very gory film, and it, it was actually it was a double feature that I went with my mom, and you know, once again, very young age. But I was like, oh, mom, can we go and you know see this double feature? And she was against it, but she was like, oh, all right. So I saw Terror. And totally freaked me out. I mean, because, you know, there was beheadings, there was all kinds of wacky mm -hmm. shit going on. And then the second half of the double feature was The Boogeyman. Okay. After I saw Terror, I was like, all right, we're out of here. <laughs> so like, you never even stayed to see I, Boogeyman. I, I never stayed to see The Boogeyman, but, uh, yeah, that, that freaked me out. But um, if you people haven't seen this... Movie Terror, um, it is available on, I believe, Amazon.com, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's worth a looking. <laughs> there you go. All right, what do you got next? All right, mine is a film from the 70s. Uh, I don't know exactly what year it is. It's called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Okay. 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 I remember seeing this film uh, the first time... I don't know how old I was. I must I must have been in my early, yeah, probably 11, 12 years old, somewhere right, right in there. Um, I watched it on Creature Double Feature, where here in Boston area it was... Uh, WLVI but, TV 56. Yep, yep, UHF channel. So the reception wasn't that great. Okay. All right, so you know it was snowy. You know, you know, it's not like today when you get clear picture and you know you get up in arms when it's not clear. Uh, then it was just it wasn't clear. You just lived with it. And that was back in the day. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off again, but you know that was back in the day when you actually you sat on your couch. You had about four or five channels, and if you didn't like something that was on the TV, you actually had to get off the couch. Oh, and change the channel. Walk up and click the knob 
and change the channel and uh, then cable changed all that oh yeah of course which is a good thing yeah oh yeah you think so okay so. all right um, well when I when I originally saw this obviously it was on a snowy channel mm -hmm. so I had always wondered whether or not it was truly snowy like that or if, if it was if it was made that way or if it was because of the channel well when I finally I never found it on VHS right. forgot about it for years showed up um, at Walmart one time on DVD I said I'm not passing this up I'm getting it right. got it and it was just as snowy as it was then so it was part of the atmosphere of how they made the movie. Really? Which was so, which makes it even freakier because it's a movie about vampires that don't come out and say they're vampires. It's just every now and then you see people from the town with little bandages on their throats that are never explained. But then you have one, two, three missing people. Then you have these people running around that are supposedly dead. And you just never know. And then by the end of the film, it's like, uh, yes, in the heroine who is named Jessica, it's like, um, yeah, I believe Jessica. It's not just made up in her mind. It's it's really happening. And by the end of the film, it's like, yeah, I'm not going up north anymore. I'm not going up to New Hampshire because I think it takes place in New Hampshire or Vermont or someplace like that. Which is very snowy. Yeah. Uh, but no, no, no. I don't mean snowy as in snow on the ground. I just mean snowy like in the picture. Right. So that's how they filmed it. They to give it some atmosphere, so it didn't look like. Oh, it looks like as if you were looking at a found footage film now. Oh, where you see the lines and all. Yeah, the stuff like that. But crap this was, and driving. Right. But this was done so it gave it some atmosphere. Right. So. But because of that, because you never knew exactly what was going on in this film, right. bothered me until the very end. Because then at that point, it's like, oh, that's right, she was real. She knew. She knew what was going on. And at the end, you know, you're not quite sure of what side of the fence you're on on this thing, or whether or not you know she's it's really there or it's really she tossed her for a loop. You just don't know. And it freaked me out knowing that. Not knowing by the end, I didn't know what side of the fence I'm supposed to be on. So once you got the film, you realized, okay, it wasn't it, was, the, it wasn't the TV. It wasn't the TV. It was actually right. filmed that way. Right. Awesome. 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 All right. All right. Let's see. Okay. Jaws. Okay, Jaws. I get my own problems with Jaws. Yeah, I think we all do. But, uh, yeah. I went to see Jaws. I was probably, I don't know, eight years old. And the thing that scared the crap out of me to begin with is it was supposedly happening in the New England area. Oh, yeah. And I just remember going to see that movie... And the funny thing is, like, throughout the entire movie, mm -hmm. you never really saw the damn shark. Right. Because um, all of the... Uh, mechanicals went wrong. Yeah, None the, of it was by design. Yeah, the mechanicals went wrong. First time they put it into the ocean uh, with the cold water, 
the damn shark just sank. Yep. And then Steven Spielberg, who, I don't know, I think he was around 23. Or yeah, he was in his 20s when he filmed it. And uh, he was like, oh, great. You know, here I am. Now, the whole plan was that they were just going to film everything that they possibly could that didn't involve the shark. And that they would get the shark working eventually down the road and pick up the, those scenes. Right. You know, instead of doing three scenes, we're going to be doing eight scenes because we got those, um, the other five scenes to do from the other areas. Right. I mean, but, you know. But I mean, it never did. In the process, I mean, it was a big pain in the ass. I mean, he was going way beyond budget. Mm-hmm. He was way behind schedule. Mm-hmm. And he still had to deliver something. Yeah. So that's when they came up with the idea for the kegs in the water. And when you saw the kegs, or the barrels, whatever you yeah, want to call yeah. them, you know, when you saw that, you know, moving across the screen. Yeah. Let alone the part, of the part of the story that you can actually see the boat pulling the kegs behind it. Right? I've never seen that. You've never noticed that? No. And don't tell me it's not it, it's in a director's no. cut or anything, because it's in the film. Because you can actually see the boat pulling the kegs behind the sh- the boat. Get the fuck out no, of here. Really? No, no. Because if you watch it, the one, there's one scene where you can actually see it, right? Okay. And then the next scene, they tighten up the shot so you can't see the boat. <laughs> wow. I mean, you know... Now, how many times have you... you that's 1975. I've seen how, Jaws a million times. Okay, so have I. And I've seen it on... I've seen it in the theater. I went to the theater five times in a row to see it when I was 10. Get out of here. Oh, no. At, this was at a time when PG-13, uh, not PG-13, PG meant something. And I actually had to get a note from my mother every single day to go and see this film just to prove that she gave me permission. <laughs> I went to see that Monday through Friday. See, so every day of the week. Every day of the week. Then my parents went to see it Friday night, mm-hmm. and I was told when my mother came back, from, I could never see that movie again. <laughs> but I had already seen it five times, so I was all set until you know I could see it again whenever. Uh, <laughs> but I've seen it in the theater, I've seen it in the re-release, I've seen it on video cassette, I've seen it on DVD, and I've seen it on Blu-ray. The only way I've never seen it is on Laserdisc. Right. But from what I understand, from Laserdisc to DVD, there's really not much difference. Well, now I'm going to have to go and look for that scene where you can see the boat actually <laughs> pulling the kegs. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that that's interesting. Crazy. Now, I mean, I've got, I, I've, got, I've got problems with Jaws myself because, I mean, not only will I not... I, I have, a, I have a, a decent fear of salt water now. Yep. Um, oh. More because the, um, I, I, I just, after all these years of seeing different things being filmed that are in the water, that I've got a healthy respect for it now. Um, before, it was more or less, I was afraid of the water coming out of my tap into the tub. Mm-hmm. 
You know, when I was 10 years old, my mother would be drawing a bath for me, you know, with a lot of hot water. So there's a lot of steam, a lot of bubbles in the water. So you can't see through the water to the bottom of the tub. Hot water burn, baby. And all, all I could think of was that there was a shock underneath all that that I couldn't see. Well, didn't they portray that in Saturday the 14th? <laughs> With the, uh, with the no. shark fin? Yeah, they did, but that was more of a callback to a creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah, yeah. creature that came out. Because he had the, the, he had the, fi- the he had shark the fin, fin on fin. his head. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so what did you think of the sequels? The sequels were okay. I thought Jaws 2 was decent. Yes. And then that was the end of it. There were no other sequels after that. Yeah, and then it just went to... No, there were, no, there were no sequels after Jaws two. So Jaws three. You cannot get say anything that can convince me that there were any sequels after Jaws two. Okay, well, there were no sequels after Jaws two. Okay, Vinny the Vault, you've heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay, um, since we're on the topic of Jaws, all right. What about Great White? Oh, the Italian film with um. Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What about it? <laughs> it was a true. It was a true ripoff. It, That's was, all a, it was a total, total ripoff. Yeah. And it was a total ripoff. There's, there, there were, through the movie, there are similarities to things that they did in Jaws. There are some. There, <laughs> will you let me finish? Okay. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. There are out. some similarities through Jaws throughout the film. It's when they get to the end where they blow up the shock, right? Which is astronomical that they were able to do that to two shocks, uh, <laughs> that, let alone one. That you could actually say there's a similarity. Well, <laughs> the whole thing with uh, Vic Morrow's character—he he was definitely a ripoff of Robert Shaw's character Quint, in yeah. F. Quint. Yes, and uh, they actually took. I can't remember what year the film came out, but uh, there was actually scenes from Jaws 2 where the shark actually attacked a helicopter. Yes. And I was just like, and Spielberg got <laughs> pissed off about it. And I... Yeah, I, but you didn't get pissed off about the attack on the on the helicopter. No. He, he had nothing to do with that second film. No, 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 no. But, you know, I mean, he, yeah. he got pissed off because... It was a, you know... Well, it was yanked out of the... Th- because of Spielberg, it got yanked out of the theater, what, two weeks after the release or three weeks after the release? It didn't last long in the theater. I remember I, I saw it on the first day, and then next thing you know, it was out of the theater. Yeah, I saw it that first weekend, and that was the yeah. end of it. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. It was just uh, one of those uh, crazy things, but, you know... Spielberg's got enough pull yeah. that he can sit there and say, uh, this is a rip-off of my film. If you don't pull it, then... And this was also 82. So he already had, his, he already had a, an established benchmark right. for himself as a, uh, as a director with pull. Yeah. And then I think in 82, didn't he come out with E.T.? E.T. was 82, yeah. Yeah. And... The thing about that I didn't like is because in 82, E.T. came out, great movie, mm-hmm. but it was also in competition with another alien movie. Oh, God. Which one? John Carpenter's The Thing. 
and it's because well, that was 83 no that was 82 82 83 no and the reason john Cappen is the thing didn't do as well as it should have because i mean honestly uh-huh. great movie yeah great great movie but uh because you know we got this big terrible alien yeah and you say are you saying it was because it was good and bad basically Oh, please don't tell don't don't tell me that. Seriously, it it it, it was. Pro- I'd have to check to see what it was up against. It was up. What, it was up against ET. Opening day. I wouldn't say opening day. Yeah. But see, I, I I I'd be curious about what it was up against on opening day, which dragged it because one because even in the eighties, even after your opening day, if you had a horrible horrible film you could still make some money. Now, I'm not saying the thing didn't make money because it did. Oh, it definitely did. Yeah. I'm just saying that what it was up against may not have allowed it to make money. Okay, the thing... So, so let's say the thing was up against the Blues Brothers. I know it's two different years, but let's say it was up against the Blues Brothers. Okay. You would get you would have made more money out of a comedy than you would have out of a horror, even in the early 80s. Most most horror stuff was was relinquished to the back burner because we still had drive-ins then. We still video cassettes were coming out of our ears at that point, right? Which started the whole you know uh, home market for 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 horror films. But I mean, I I still feel. And you know this, this is just my opinion. Uh, it, it, and, that, and that's good. Just opi- opinions are like everybody. The opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. I wasn't going to say it. Well, I did. I wasn't going to say it. I did. You heard it here first from Popcorn Pete. No, that um, that, that everybody's got an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think that you know more people were like, oh, there's this alien movie, and you know, yeah. Horror one, friendly one. Let's see the friendly one. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think so. But all right. Now, okay. I'm taking a look at something that that bothered me at the time that right. it came out. Okay. Well, at, actually, at the time it came out, at the time I saw it. Okay. okay. It's a. I guess you'd call. I guess now by today's standards, you'd call it a mockumentary. Mm-hmm. The Lake Great Planet Earth. All right. Which was, the, it, it, I'm not saying the whole film bothered me, but parts of the film bothered me because the parts of the film had to do with uh, uh, the destruction of the world. Mm-hmm. And at that time that I first saw it, which I can't even tell you how old I was, but I had a problem with this world world being destroyed and me not being known by anybody. That I was just going to be dust in the wind okay <laughs> and that's just and that's just it bothered me and it bothered me it bothered me for a long time so did you have a fear of the I had a fear of the apocalypse okay all right no, no. which you should, everybody should still have a fear of the apocalypse well and I'm not talking about the X X-Men character so you can get that out of your head <laughs> But I think nowadays everybody's too uh, focused on their cell phones. To yeah, but yeah, but nobody's going to notice the apocalypse now. 
They, because they're going to be focused on their cell phones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, the apocalypse is coming? Okay, so you're what not, are you doing? Well, you're not even going to get that. You're not, you're not gonna, <laughs> the bomb is going to go off, and you know what? We're going to have uh, shadows of people. Instead of just walking, they're going to be walking bent over looking at their phone. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, take a look at take a look at some of the uh, the footage of uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima after the bomb's been dropped. Uh, I don't even like looking at stuff like that. Oh, you don't like looking at stuff like that, but you don't have mind. You don't have worry about watching horror movies. Well, that's different. How is that different? It's different because I mean, some of it's real, but you know, a lot of it's just. Storytelling. Ninety-nine percent of it's storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But we'll get into this very shortly. But you know, there are some things that have happened in real life that have been made into movies that uh, you know kind of freak you out. Yeah. And well, my last movie for one of the movies that scared the shit out of me was The Exorcist. Okay, yeah. See, I grew up with a mother. I did too, so don't try to pull that mother on cat on me. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey. <coughs> um, yeah, I grew up with a mother who was very, very religious. Uh-huh. And she would put the fear of God into you. Okay. If you did this, oh, you were evil. If you did that, oh, my God. If you did this, whoa. Watch out. All right. <laughs> so did you just accept your fate? Is that what you're doing? No, 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 no. Nothing like that. But, uh, you know, um, that was one of the movies that I shouldn't have watched. <laughs> because, you know, uh, this girl, spoiler alert, was fooling around with the Ouija board. And then... <clears throat> Supposedly, because of that. Supposedly. Are we talking about the original cut? Um, I think so. Because I thought the original cut showed that it, the house was the the house that they were in had already been um, affected by a spirit. I don't think I've ever seen that version. No, maybe I'm thinking. Of, maybe I'm thinking of one of the director's cuts, or, or something. Maybe, but uh, I just know that uh, Linda Blair was fooling around with the uh, Ouija board, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, slowly she starts getting sick and being weird, and you know she's flopping up and down on the bed, and she turned into a nerd. <laughs> I don't know if you'd say that, but, uh, you know, just some of the shit that went on in that movie, um, and with the special effects makeup by Dick Smith, who, I mean, God bless him, but, I mean, just some of the things mm. that he projected onto that screen right was just it was, it was terrifying right oh yeah it, it, it was it was horrifying and you know the, the whole thing with the the throwing up of the the, the pea, pea soup. soup yep 
and you know the head spinning around and then she's taking the crucifix and well yeah. we don't need to go there but you know yeah we all know what happened and it was just creepy as hell but another creepy thing is is have you ever seen the footage with Linda Blair sitting on the bed tied to the bed and she's speaking in her normal voice mm-hmm that's creepy in itself because what was she like 12 years old yeah something like that yeah but i mean and you know all the makeup pres- uh effects that they had to put on her face and you know the put in the uh her eyes yeah uh put the contacts in her eyes and everything mm-hmm. which they've now perfected but i mean we're talking this is the 70s so, yeah you know these big heavy lenses mm-hmm in her eyes, which must have been affecting her eyes for oh, yeah. for a twelve year old, but I mean, <laughs> the ordeal she must have went through. Oh yeah, it's it's just it's, to play that role. Yeah, it's terrifying to think that what she herself put her put herself through right. to uh, to do this role in a craft that she was very new to. Right. Considering she was twelve years old. I mean, unless she's been unless she's been doing a lot of child acting up until that point, you know, it's it's amazing what she she herself would put herself through. I don't think she did any acting no, before that. I don't think so either. But one of the things about that movie that that's always creeped me out was out of the um, director's cut where they put back footage that they had taken out. And they taken out the spider walk down the staircase. Yes. And obviously, I know because it, because at the time, it, it with what they were doing, they were shooting for time, so they had to take something out. So it was you know it didn't really mean a lot to the storyline. So you know you could take that out. Now I can see it doesn't look that great put back in. But the effect itself of watching this little girl turn herself over, run up, run down the wall, and then down the stairs, on against her back with her head turned around. I mean, that, that was that's freaky enough. That was creepy. That was yep. very, very creepy. Yep. All right. So my turn. Your turn, buddy. Okay. My turn. We're shooting. We're going back. In, we're going back in time. Back in time. <laughs> Going back to the 1940s. Uh oh. <laughs> now, by today's standards and by today's remakes, it's nothing but a blip on the screen. But at the time, for a seven year old. Okay. Okay. The Wolfman was a terrifying film. Okay. And it freaked me out so bad that I had actually thought I had seen the Wolfman lurking in the parking lot of a, of a restaurant that me and my father had gone to. And when I went, obviously I went, just freaked me out, so I went and told him, and he said, you're not watching any more horror movies. So <laughs> that was that. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't a coyote or some shit? No, it wasn't said? a coyote. Okay. No, I knew what it was. Right. I knew what it was. <laughs> Do you still believe you saw that? No, I do not believe I saw it. I have a very vivid imagination, and I know it was my imagination that 
made me think that I saw the Wolfman in the parking lot. And Vinny the Vault also thinks that Bigfoot is real. <laughs> so. And you're the one that's afraid of the devil. Woohoo! And sharks. And sharks. Oh, oh, let's not forget the sharks. The sharks are real. <laughs> then you better watch out the next time you sit your ass down to take a shit. Well, you know, <laughs> ever since Jaws, I still, I hate going in the water. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what about some scenes from movies? Okay, go ahead. That have made you jump. That made me jump. That made you jump. Oh, I can take I can take that off the top of one right off the top of the list. Okay, and that'd be Carrie. And when the hand comes up out of the at the end, is that a spoiler alert? We've already screwed this up enough. So, well, hey, if you don't like it, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> um, when their when their hand comes up out of the grave. Yeah, that's that's a that's a total jump scene. Yeah, I mean I. But the thing is, is when they try to do it in the remake, I thought it was horrendous. I don't remember that in the remake. Because I, I, you know, I watched it once and I was like, ah, this is the shits. Yeah. See, I, I watched it once and that's all I intended to watch it for. Because I, I, I didn't like the, the sequel that they made. I didn't like the remake. Uh, I never got to see the musical, so I have no qualms about saying I didn't see the musical. Carrie has a musical? I believe it was a musical. It was either a musical or a play. But I'm almost positive it was a musical. Um, I know <laughs> I know The Evil Dead has a musical. And I know Misery has a play. <laughs> yeah, you saw that. Yeah. You said it was pretty decent. Yeah, it was pretty decent, considering it was all within one room. Right. Okay, well, some of the uh, movies that made me jump was obviously the big final scare scenes for Friday the 13th part 1 and 2. Okay, yep. I mean, Jason jumping up out of the lake and if you haven't seen this then I don't know what to tell you. Stop listening. And then in part 2 where uh, what the hell's her name? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh she was sitting there with the pitchfork, mm -hmm. and the guy opened the door, and then the, the little dog, the little uh, cute, little cute, dog. cute little dog, cute little dog, he just wanted to hug him and squeeze him and all that crap. Jason would later. Okay. Uh, like this. <laughs> the eyes would pop out and everything. Yeah. But, you know, the dog comes oh, running. Is that a spoiler for part three? <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, yeah. Dog comes running towards, uh, oh, I want to remember her name, but I can't, fuck. Um, and then Jason jumps through the window. Right, yeah. I mean, I didn't expect that. Yeah. And then they kept trying it, like, in part three and all this shit, and I was just like, yeah, you guys are... Well, by part three, they had to do something, and it was just like, well, let's try to perfect this. Yeah, well, let's get Mrs. Voorhees jumping out of the uh, jumping out of the pond, but her head's attached and mm -hmm. she's a corpse. And what the fuck? And I was just like, this. And is... then they brought her back in what part seven or part eight? No, part seven. She I... came back and she hugged Jason. Oh, what a motherly moment! 
And I know they brought it back for the, uh, was it the remake or was it Jason versus Freddy? No. They might have brought it back for Jason versus Freddy just for um, a piece that Freddy could play around with his mind. Yeah. I, mean, I might be thinking of that too, but I thought it was part seven. I'm not sure. But it sounds like it's something Freddy would do. All right, what do you got? All right. My next one would be um, Trilogy of Terror. Okay, what about that scared you? The fucking doll. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking doll freaked me the fuck out. Did it really? That and the fact that when he's trying to saw her out of the suitcase, that she tries to grab the knife with her fingers. It's just cutting her fingers open? Yeah, yeah. Get a fucking pair of pliers. (laughs) (laughs) Or turn the suitcase over. Do something. What the fuck? Throw it out the window. Yeah, sure. Do something. Get rid of it. Jesus oh my god. Yeah, no, I it, it was it was mainly the doll. Freaked me the hell out. Did it really? Yeah. Cuz I thought the doll was cool as shit. See, I, I I well years later I thought it was cool as shit, but I always I always thought it was freaky and then when uh she'd be sitting there waiting for her mother which and she had the jagged teeth. Oh. That was classic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's, she's just, just sitting there with the knife stabbing the floor <laughs> waiting. <laughs> oh yeah. Great movie, great movie. Uh, another jump moment for me was remember the movie Wait Until Dark. Oh yes, uh, Catherine Hepburn. Was it Catherine or the, Aubrey? Audrey Hepburn. Audrey. Audrey Hepburn. Yes. Okay. Um, the scene where you know she's obviously a blind girl. She's walking around. And there's killers in her house. Oh, yes. And the part where she's like, she thinks the guy's dead. She's walking across the floor. And all of a sudden, was it, uh, what the hell's his name? You'd have to give me more than than that. Alan, just. Alan Alden? No, it's not Alan Alden. Go on. So he jumps across a floor mm-hmm. to grab her, and it, it just it just came out of nowhere. Like he's in the shadows, and all of a sudden, boom! He comes out, grabs her, and then she's struggling. And she gets to the refrigerator, and then later on, fucking bang, and watch a movie. <laughs> um, all right. Now, one of mine. It's not so much a jump out of your seat moment, but it's. Makes me extremely uncomfortable, which okay. we will be getting to soon. Yeah. Okay. Is the island? Okay. With Michael Caine. Um, Never seen the, it. The movie's about um, uh, modern day pirates, and not the nice kind. Um, not they, like not like Jack Sparrow. Right no, 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 nothing like that. Okay. Um, and they actually kidnapped the kidnapped his father and son. You know, steal their yard, kidnap them, and they're in the process of making the boy one of theirs, one of their own. Mm-hmm. So to break his will, you know, they're trying to keep him awake. They're making him, fo- forcing him to read this book. I don't even remember what book it is, but to keep him awake and to keep him from falling asleep, they take toothpicks and wedge them 
up underneath his eyelids. Oh, yuck. To keep his eyes open. Okay. I, uh, I don't like eye violence. That's, well, that's, that's that, that freaks me out. Okay, well, well, if we're going to talk about that, then we'll talk about blood-sucking freaks. Oh, Jesus. Tap dance of Christ. Okay. <laughs> which, eye, which eye moment do you want to talk about now? <laughs> do you want to go with blood-sucking freaks? Or? Well, blood-sucking freaks, we can talk about how the, the midget eats an eyeball after he takes it out of the girl or how he slices it with a razor blade. Ralphus. You want to go back you want to go back to the toothpicks? <laughs> Ralphus from Blood Sucking Freaks. Wow. Crazy. All right, go ahead. Your turn. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, movies that made me feel uneasy. Now, a lot of these movies uh, that made me feel uneasy is because a lot of them were based on real life stories. Mm -hmm. Some of them have been proven to be false. Okay. But others, yeah, I mean, this really happened. Okay, so I'm going to start with the untold story. Japanese Syracola, right? I'm not sure if it exactly was Japanese. I know it was in, uh, I think it was Chinese. Okay. But it was based on a real life serial killer from Hong Kong. Then it would be Chinese. Then it would be Chinese. Um, but uh, um, I think it was, oh God, 92 maybe? Okay. But basically, there was this guy, and he was a swindler, and he and his boss used to play this uh, this Chinese game. It was almost like checkers, uh, Mahaji. Mahjong. Yes, that's it. Okay, that's it. Thank you, Vault. Uh, I think I know more about this story than you do. <laughs> All right, tell us how it ends. <laughs> oh, well, in one of two ways. They either catch him or they kill him. <laughs> okay, so anyway. <laughs> he cheated this guy out of a bunch of money, and he was like, okay, you owe me all this money and everything. So the guy wouldn't pay up. He's like, you're a swindler. Fuck you. I'm mm -hmm. not paying you. So then they... Uh, they got into a fight, and he ended up killing him and his wife and his children, which the disturbing part was they showed the part mm -hmm. where he was killing everybody, right, including the children, which like I said very disturbing, just to get uh, just to get the money right for the restaurant right right and then his employees started thinking that, you know, this guy's kind of creepy and everything. So he started killing them. Jeez. Just, uh, and this is all based on a true story. On a true story. Right. Yeah. Wow. No. Um, actually, what we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break right at the moment and we'll be back. Now we're back from break.
So, uh, the movie I want to talk about is Deliverance. All right. Now, it's not for what you think. <laughs> no, no, no. It has nothing to do with that. My uh, That was my, creepy enough as it is. Yeah, it was creepy enough as it is. But because of all the things that happened in the movie, it sort of gave me the creeps about going camping. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, not that I was ever camping with just guys, or it, but it was always with family. But it was going camping and not knowing what was out there. That creeped me out. So after, see, after really seeing this movie, it was like, eh, I don't know if I want to go camping anymore. Yeah, that was one of those movies where you're like, yeah, do I really want to take this trip or should I just go to the beach? <laughs> yeah, heaven, heaven forbid if anybody at that point ever asked me to go canoeing. No, no, I'm not going with you guys. No. Kayaking? No, I'm not going. I'm sorry. It's too much like canoeing. <laughs> but, I mean, the same can be said with, like, the Friday the 13th movies. But yeah. You don't want to go camping. Oh, no, that's, a, that's, to, a, that's to a faraway campground. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, but, that, but Deliverance, I mean, yeah. I just, I just watched that today, actually. And, uh, yeah, it's just... A lot of creepy shit going on. Mm -hmm, in that movie. Mm -hmm. Yep. Besides the the homosexual uh, um, rape of uh, Ned Beatty, I think it was Ned yes, Beatty. Yes, yes, it was Ned, Ned Beatty. Beatty. And in uh, considering in considering Burt Reynolds was a lifelong friend of his, I'm surprised that they get they got away as as easily as they did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, oh, your turn. Uh, let's see. Okay. A movie that creeped me out because I thought it was based on real-life stuff that mm -hmm. happened. But a lot of it has been exposed as fictionalized was Faces of Death. Oh, yes. Faces of Death. Yeah, um, but I, I I think it's all in the mind element. Like if if you you sit there and say, okay, this is real, which is what they told you at the beginning of every one of those movies that everything you're about to see is real. Pretty much. I mean, the, the same thing with the Blair Witch. I mean, you know, you're going into this movie thinking that the whole thing is real, and then you come out of it. And then you find out, like, maybe years later that it's fake. Mm -hmm. But there's just something about that, well, this is based on a real-life true story and, you know, the whatever, whatever. Which is, which is something else we can, we'll, we can get into at another time. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's just, it's something that really hits a nerve and really scares you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, just some of those little features that they had in Faces of Death, you know, you think's real. Yeah. Oh, no, most definitely. Now, I have a question for you. Okay. Do, does Faces of Death, now we're talking about the first one. Right. Um, the Faces of Death, if you had to, would you classify that as a date film? 
as a date film? Yeah. Like, would I took a, take a date to that? No. Since we're all in a video market at home now, if you had a copy of this to watch at home and you were inviting a girl over, would you, would you throw that in as a date film? No. You mean you don't want to cuddle with her as she's cowering in your arms? I mean, there's other scary movies for that. But sure, sure there are. There's Audition. <laughs> hey, that, you gotta, hey, you got to admit, Audition is two parts film. The first, half, the, the first hour and a half or the first 45 minutes is a date film. You oh, have to admit that. All right. All right? Mm-hmm. The second half of that film, the second 45 minutes is a horror flick. Because nothing happens after the first forty until the first forty-five minutes is over. You are a sick man, Billy the Vault. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Oh, now come on! But yeah, no, no, no. Honestly, are you, are you telling me you would you wouldn't throw Faces of Death on just so she could cower in your shoulder? Go! I don't want to look at this, and that you know she's still looking. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't subject her to Faces of Death, but. Oh, but. There's a but there. Yeah, there is a big but there. But. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never met her. Uh, I haven't either. Okay. Um, oh, well. But I would say a great horror movie that, you know, has that aspect of real reality. Yeah, that's the word. Um, is hostile. Yeah, true. But, I mean, how many people... Do you know that go European backpacking? I only, I've known I've I, I've known a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I only know of one that went ever went to a hostel in uh, in, in uh, Europe. But I mean, you, nothing ever happened to him. Well, I mean, but you hear of all those horror stories. Yes, yes, and of course, and yes, I know. I I agree. The guy's not a girl, and he, 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 he's not blonde, and all this other stuff. I understand. It's They're looking for a specific type. No, I get that. I but, know, but I thought that's what you were trying to make a point No, of. no, 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 no. What I'm, what I'm trying to make a point is, I mean, you, you've, you've heard those horror stories of, you know, hey, if you travel overseas and everything, you know, you know, you, you've heard the kidney stories. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You, know, you, you wake kid, up in the back. The kidney stories. The kidney stories was here. What? But don't you did you ever watch X Files? Come on. Well, you know it doesn't just happen here; it happens overseas too. Oh, that's what they say about serial killers. How many foreign serial killers do you know? <laughs> but what? What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, I mean, you you hear all these horror stories and. Um, this is just a little public announcement to all you kids out there, you dumb jerks. If you're ever in a bar and you have a drink with you and you have to go to the bathroom, take your drink with you to the bathroom or either finish the drink off before you go to the bathroom. Because you never know if you sit there and you place your beer, you place your drink, whatever the hell you got in your hand, that somebody's going to take a little bit of uh, medication and put it into your drink. 
You mean and like they, ha- blood pressure medication? Well, not blood pressure medication, <laughs> but you know. You know, the, uh, the third option for that is just order another drink when you get back. Yeah. Don't even, don't even drink the one that you left behind. Drink it and order another one. Because Jesus Christ, I mean, you know, there's a lot of crazies out there that will do crazy shit. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and we're, only ta- we're only scratching the surface talking about some. That's what I'm talking about. And, you know, you, know, you, can, nev- you can never be too careful. So yep. make sure that, you, you know, if you're out at a bar having drinks, I mean, no matter where it's here in mm-hmm. the United States or in Europe or wherever you are, just make sure that, you know, when you have your drink, I mean, even if you get, like I said, you got to take it to the bathroom with you or, you know, whatever the deal may be, yep. just watch your ass because yep. there are people out there. They're already watching you. Exactly. Okay. All right. I've got I've got a couple here that are actually group together. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, one actually goes with what you were talking about, going over to uh, a foreign country. Yep. So I'm going to talk about that one and then jump right into the next one. Okay. okay. Knock yourself out. Um, the one that I have to connect with yours is Missing with uh, Jack Lemmon and Sissy Spacek. Oh, um, great movie. Yep. Not so much that it's a horror film, not so much for the the uh, after effect of fi- waiting months to find the have the body sent home to uh, to uh, bury or anything like that. Mine is a cautionary tale of going to a foreign country if they bre- in case they might break out in revolution. Do not go to these countries. <laughs> no, no. For the longest time after I think this movie came out in 81 or 82 it was for the longest time that not that I was looking not to go to, to foreign countries for a vacation it just scared me to death that I might go someplace and they might break out in revolution and then I'm stuck it happens and I'm dead because I don't you hey I'm not a small guy I don't run very fast <laughs> I'm the kind of person that if there was a zombie apocalypse, I'm going to be tripping one of you guys because I'm not going to be able to move fast enough. I trip you, the zombies go after you, I get away. Were you in Zombieland? <laughs> oh, we're not even going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> but would you, I'm just saying, that's. No, I. It's, it's, it's just, it, it, at the time that I saw that. Not that I didn't know these things were happening in other countries. It's just that this put a whole spin on it. That obviously the American government had no call on what could happen to you. Right. They really didn't care what happened to you. And in the long run, um, after the fact, they didn't care what happened to you afterwards. Right. So it sort of put a, um, a dampener on me to, on, in order to think about going away someplace. And not to change the subject, but what was the name of that girl that, uh, oh, she went to uh, Mexico and she disappeared and nobody could find her. Okay, now you're going to have to break it down to 1,200 people. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I thought you were leaning towards the, the girl that went to Italy and stayed in... Uh, and stayed in a, in a room with her friends and then one of her friends killed her. 
I can't remember that was the court just finished up on that case like not too long ago. No, no, no. This this was years ago. This is a girl. I think she went to Mexico or something, and she was at Carlos and Charlie's. Mm-hmm. She met this guy. He ended up murdering her, and for years they couldn't figure out who did it and whatnot. Yeah. That was just. Uh, I mean, that's that's just creepy. I yeah. Mean, she was she was on a. I think she was in high school. Yeah. But where she was in a foreign country. Yeah. What, the, basically, the thi- everything that everybody believes that because you're an American, you have some leeway in things. You have no leeway in anything. You are at the mercy of whatever government right. you fall under. Right. But, and depending on what happens, I mean, we all, we've all heard the story of the guy that ended up in the Turkish prison because he... Thought he was going to be smart and um, smuggle hash out, you know. Midnight Run. Midnight Run. No, oh, not no, Midnight, Midnight, Midnight Express. Midnight Excuse Express. Um, we all know that story. This the story is more true than you can tell. You, you ever figure out because no matter what happens, you are at the you are at the mercy of their laws. So whatever you do. Don't fuck up their laws. So if you're going to go someplace for a vacation, you should figure out what their laws are. Because if you go there and you screw up, the American consulate is probably not going to be able to help you in the least. Right. So you're just at their mercy. That's like the movie, uh, remember Losing It? With yes. Tom, with Tom Cruise? With Tom Cruise, yeah. And they all got arrested and they, they were in the Mexican prison? Yeah, they were all. They all went down to Tijuana. Yeah, yeah, which, from what I understand, is a bit is a is a big thing that they do in California. I ne- I've never gone, so I can't <laughs> tell you it was anything big here in uh, the Northeast. Well, I but, hear that's some place you do not want to go. Well, trust me, I didn't want to go, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't. Okay. All right. The other one that I have to to connect into that is um, not so much. Because it's uh, a um, uh, a foreign place, but it, it's an actual foreign movie. Is Das Boot, which is the boat. Okay. Uh, World War Two film. Uh, German U boat, and that's what. The, and the story is basically around the German the Germans and how um, they acted on the U boats during the war. Um, this is not anything against Germans. It's not anything against submarines. In a way, it is. In a way, it is about something against submarines, because this movie was so well done, it made you feel claustrophobic. Okay. Throughout the entire film, um, I'm not extremely claustrophobic. I'm just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I can get by it, no problem. But just that little bit was dragged out of me because of this film. It's such a point that after watching the film, I could, I, it was hard to sit, sit in a car with a bunch of people. Because when I went to see this, I went in a minivan with a bunch of friends to see it. So there were probably six, seven, figure seven or eight of us mm-hmm. that went to see this film. I had a problem sitting in the minivan after I saw this film. And like I said, I'm not claustrophobic. But then you suddenly became... Because just because of just that, because film. Of that I movie. mean, after a while, you know, it went back to the same way I am all the time. Uh, but because of that film, seeing that film, 
getting out of that film and still having that anxiety of being in that closed off space in the minivan it was like no open the windows nope that's not helping that much i'm still getting anxious you know it's just it bothered me i mean today i can i have all three versions of this film i have uh the original german version the English dub version and the miniseries version that it got cut up into. Mm-hmm. Um, I still love watching the original German version because I think the inflection in the natural German dialect that this, the movie's taking place in, it carries the feeling of the actor a lot better than the English dub. So you actually get the feeling from their speech that they are... They are feeling the closed-in space and all of that. Right, and they're where, scared. Right, and where in the English dub, you just don't get that. Right. But that got me, that bothered me for a long time. Oh. Uh, and it bothered me more because it happened, not because I felt, I, I felt claustrophobic, obviously, after the movie. But afterwards, I felt worse because it brought me to that point. Well, just on that note, I mean, I have a fear of, a fear of flying. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. You have a problem with airplane? I do not like flying at all. Oh, okay. You know, it's just just one of those fears. Yeah. Same thing with, you know, with Jaws. Yeah. I get a fear of Water. swimming in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the movie Alive... Yes. <sighs> Scared the shit out of me. Let, let me let me tell you something. Let me stop you right there. Everybody has a fear of cannibalism. I'm not talking about <laughs> cannibalism. I'm talking about flying. Oh, 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 okay. But and I mean not the euphemism, right? Yeah. But but I mean, honestly, think about this. Yes. I mean, if you were on an airplane and it crashed mm-hmm. and you're in the middle of Nowhere, right? Yeah. Snowy mountains and whatnot. Yeah. And you had to resort to cannibalism. Do you really think you could do it? Um. Yes, as long as somebody else is doing the cooking. God damn it! <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, if somebody else is doing the cooking, then I'm, I'm all set. You know, you know, every. Every ham leg looks like a ham leg. I no, but I mean, but you know, you, you, yes, no, I, I agree with you. I'd have a problem with cannibalism. You're sitting uh, there looking at your friend, and you'd be like, "Oh shit, should I eat you or not?" No, but that's but that's the whole point. That's when you look at it and go, "Tomorrow, tomorrow." <laughs> See now, 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 if nothing else, you're not going to want to go anywhere with me. <laughs> But, I mean, honestly, what if tomorrow never came and you, you're like, okay, we, we might or might not get rescued, but... But that's the whole point. I gotta eat. I'm, a, I'm already planning on tomorrow, so if you're not planning on tomorrow, guess who's going to be dinner? No, I got to eat my <laughs> dead friend. That's... That, I don't know. I, no, because somebody else is going to be cooking. I'll never know that you're in the stew. You, you, how the fuck are you going to be cooking? You're in the middle of the fucking, you know, mountains with snow. You got no fire. So how am I going to eat you before you go? You go spoiled. <sighs> Next subject. <laughs> All right. Um, 
Now I know you. I know this is one of your one of your favorite films. Okay. And I've seen all the films to the series, and um, I can honestly say now, after watching all the films all these years later, I do not have the same fear okay. that I had when I first saw it. It was Phantasm. Phantasm scared you? The only part of Phantasm that scared me was being locked up in a mausoleum. Okay, I, I can agree with that. that. That Because I never really knew what was in mausoleums until I saw that movie. Okay, so... Okay, but no, but then you, you bring in other movies like uh, One Dark Night. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Where I thought the thing was a joke, but I was already desensitized by so much horror movies, horrors that I watched, yeah. that by the time I got to One Dark Night in the 80s, it was like, mm, th this is so laughable considering the other things I've watched. But it just brings on the point of if you're in a mausoleum and the doors get shut on you at night there is no way of you getting out right okay so you're fucked you're fucked so it was just one of those childhood fears but i mean one dark night how many, pl how many planes go up every day <laughs> i don't fucking know um <laughs> But and they don't stop when they crash. The, uh, <laughs> Literally. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, but one dark, one dark night was a was a fun movie. Uh, to to some people, people who are into the genre. If yeah. they're not, then it was a horrific film. I mean, but I found it very. I thought, but I was see to me. I only found it funny because I'm desensitized by all that crap. Well, the same thing here. That's right. And so like, that's why you with all the the. Toes curled up when they're moving around. You see, now my 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 funny part was the girl with that had the toothbrush in her mouth, being constantly chomping on that toothbrush, even when the bodies were starting to pile on her. She was still chomping away at that toothbrush. But you never know; she never brushed her teeth. Maybe she didn't have to. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Um, well, you know, we were talking about, you know, movies that made us feel uneasy and everything, but, uh, you know, whether they be real life or whatever, the one that I'm waiting to see is Quentin Tarantino's take on the Manson family. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, but... I don't. I don't think he's going to hold back. To, uh, yeah, he he may not hold back, but my problem is is that, um, with, every, with everything Tarantino does, mm -hmm. you have to take tongue in cheek with a grain of salt. Okay, nothing is historically accurate. Okay, okay. this is something entirely different than doing Django Unchained. Right. Or um, uh, The Hateful Eight. Great movie. Yes. I'm not saying anything about either film. I love both of them. Right. But I'm saying this is something entirely different. This is, some, this is historical... Real life. Real life data 
that if you change in any way for film reasons or for story reasons, people are going to call you out on it. And the way the critics are, they'll drag this movie down. Well, they always do. Right, but I'm ta- now I'm talking about not so much the... the the uh, the critics that we that we see on TV, which I don't even know if there's critics on TV anymore. Not. But the 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 online critics, right? They're going to tear the film apart before it even gets out there because he's not being historically accurate because he's he's taking this a little bit too far. This never happened. This isn't the way that happened. This came before that. They're going to pull this thing apart before he has a chance of getting it out there. But here's the thing, with all those critics, it's like, okay, well, were you there? Did you see that? Did you actually witness that happen? And, you know, I'm, I'm sure Tarantino has done his reviews and everything and, you know, done his interviews and, hey, did you see this? Hey, did you see that? And, you know, I'm sure he, he's done his homework. Okay, so, when, so if the, any of these critics get some of the surviving police officers or the surviving um, prosecution attorneys or defense attorneys. Which I'm sure they will. They will because they're still alive. Yeah. Uh, In fact, I read uh, Helta Skelta not too long ago. Okay. And the, um, the, it was written by the prosecuting attorney. Yep. Okay. Now, I expected at some point this move, this book was going to end at a certain point, obviously because the book was from the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, not only did it not end there, it didn't realize that the main prosecutor was still alive at the time because he, out, he was actually outlived Manson. Right. Who, because, just, who just recently passed away. Right. But the thing was is that he wrote an afterward, an updated afterward to the book. But do you think that was all fiction or what? The what I read in the book? No, no, no. What what he added on to? Oh the story. no, because it was just to bring everybody up to date. Okay. Because the book was, like I said, originally written in the seventies. Right. So he, when they re-released the book, he wrote a new afterward, bringing it up literally to the point just after um, uh, Manson had died, because hmm. he mentions that Manson died. But I mean. Honestly, so if these people are still alive at the point of, you know, this movie coming out, and anybody, you know, they're going to have their say, right? You know, they'll, you know, because then, you know, you're going to, then things will stop, you know, being wondered. How much of this is true fact? How much of this is fiction? Yeah, but then the the whole movie is going to become controversial, right? And that's just going to make Quentin, right? That's fine. But how many of these movie student, movie companies now, these theaters, are going to carry a controversial movie? Which because honestly, you're going to because you can't tell me that any of these movies, if they don't make money in the first two weeks, that they'll last. No, 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 no. Because movies go in and out. Right. Nowadays. So if you so if you release Tarantino's movie, yep. If you don't make any money close to close. To what you think the first week, the first weekend should be. You're gonna pull it. You're gonna pull it. And then Tarantino's gonna end up with one, not to say one of those flops, but it will end up because of the way Hollywood looks at everything. It will end up being a flop. Right. 
which isn't what we want as Tarantino fans. Right. But then on DVD, it'll be a chemical classic. Yeah, yeah of course, of course. Um, now, speaking of, speaking of cult classics, mm-hmm. um, again, I've got two that I can connect together. All right. <laughs> okay, well, first one we'll go, with the first one we'll go with, the, because I know we both love this film, Okay. is Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead. Absolutely. Became, it, not only was it a classic in the sense that it was a classic while it was in the theater and in the drive-in, right. but it became a cult classic even further because it was at the cusp of uh, home video rental. Absolutely. Because not because all the people, all the kids, whatever, that wanted to see this theater, this movie in the theater, that never got a chance to, were able to rent the video and take it home and watch it. Right. And that's the first time I saw it. Home, home rental. Oh, yeah. yeah I, that's probably the same way I saw it, too. But, I mean, granted... It made money in the theater because it was it was basically made on a shoestring budget. Yeah, uh, and that's a toddler's shoestring as it is. It wasn't a full length shoestring, I think. Yeah, I, I don't think it, it made. I don't think I think it was made for pennies, really. Pennies on the dollar. I. It was made for less than a million. If anything's oh absolutely. Le- if it was made for anything less than a million, then it's a shoestring budget. Right. But I think it was le- even less, even more less than that. That's why I'm saying it's a toddler's shoestring. Right. So. And for any of you Evil Dead fans out there, uh, check out Sam Raimi's first attempt at the Evil Dead, which was uh, Within the Woods. And you can see that on YouTube. But, uh, yeah, back to the Evil Dead. I mean, you know, the first time I saw that... um, I had just bought a VCR, <laughs> and uh, you know, decided to rent some movies. And the first one I rented was Halloween because mm-hmm. that was my favorite movie. Right. Yeah. And then I was looking around the video store, and they really didn't have too much back then. But uh, I saw two movies that I really wanted to see, and. One of them was Videodrome, mm-hmm. which I rented, and I was pleased with it. And then I went back, and then I rented The Evil Dead. And The Evil Dead just blew me away. Yeah. It blew me out of the water. I mean, I had never seen anything like that before. Yeah, see, now, the, now to bring up what that disturbed me was the cabin in the woods feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, you got one cabin, nothing around it at all. Not even a lake, right. you know. There's nothing there. That's what bothered me right. about it, you know. And you know, I back don't think, to the back to the claustrophobic. Yeah, but it's also back to the camping thing because it's right. like how far? How can you get back back to civilization? You get the car, you know. Yeah, if you can make it to the car, right? <laughs> right. Because that's also that's also also one of the few films that I had to show to a friend and actually slow down and pause to prove to them. That the the girl that had run out into the woods was actually being raped by the tree. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that I had to prove that to somebody. No, that's. But it was like, oh my god, I can't believe they did that. That's kind of sad. Like, and actually. it was like, what? What do you mean? I said, I'll, I'll play it back. You play the scene back and go, 
I don't understand. She got she, they, the the trees attacked her, you know, and got her twine, wound up in the wine, vines and everything. I said, wait a minute, you're missing. That's as bad. That's as bad as I had a slow. I had a repeat um, the scene in Alien to show that um, Brett was being raped by the alien. Right. Because and how did I? And, and how could I prove that? Well, the part is when when Ripley is running down the hall, you hear Brett, not Brett, um, Lambert. In the in the loudspeaker, going, <laughs> and then she's dead. <laughs> the things oh, that the things Lord. that we have to have in our horror movies in order to keep our attention. Uh, <laughs> all right, the other one. Was, so yes, the girl in the Evil Dead was fucked by a tree. <laughs> Just, no, she, no, she wasn't fucked by a tree. She was raped by a tree. Actually, this is, this is the nowadays. We had, she had no, she didn't want it. Did she want it? No, no. She, she didn't want she it. She didn't want it, so it was rape. But it was actually a vine. So okay, next. <laughs> the Shining. Go from one girl to the other. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I've got two problems with this. Okay, um, I'll pick the I'll pick the obvious one first. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe obvious to me, not to you. The naked but, chick in the, the tub. That was the unobvious one. All right. <laughs> the unobvious one is the naked chick in the tub. Okay. Um, I to this day, if I walk into a hotel room or a motel room or whatever, I have to check the bathtub. To this day. Get the fuck oh, out yeah. of here! I just have to make sure that there's nothing in there. Nothing or no one. You fucked up. I'm, I'm fucked up. At least I can fly. Uh, <laughs> the other thing about The Shining is the twins. Creepy. When D Danny Torrance comes around the the uh, the corner and the twins are there and they do the little Hello, Danny. You want to play with us? You can be our friends forever and, and ever, ever and ever. ever. <laughs> Sorry, I to this to this day. Yeah, fuck that shit. To this day, I cannot watch The Shining without the lights on. In the middle, of, in the middle of the night, with the lights off, can't do it. Get the fuck out! No, of here. can't do it. No, sorry. The the old the woman in the bathtub doesn't bother me. It's the girls that bother me that I can't do it. in. last time I did this, I was sitting in my mother's living room watching it and there was nothing behind the back of the chair it was the hall it was a hall going into the kitchen okay okay um that scene came on their little speech and i'm just looking around and i couldn't see the back of the chair that bothered me even more so you freaked the fuck <laughs> out yep and shut it off and went to bed that's where, and that's where I leave that. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. All right, your turn. All right. Uh, I think I'm pretty much done. Oh, you are? Yeah. Did I actually do more on this list again? Yeah, you did more than me. All right. Well, let's. We'll start it from the. We'll start it from the two, and then my last one that I. 
um, I, I really freak out. It's it's two together, but they're kind of for the same reason. Mm -hmm. All right. So the first one we'll talk about is Videodrome. Okay. Now, okay. what creeped you out about Videodrome? <laughs> the guy with the hand. <laughs> that it was all one organism. Oh, we just pulled it out of his stomach. Out of his stomach. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That kind of freaked me out. Yeah. I mean, it had nothing to do with the fact that the that the uh, the opening in his stomach looked like a, like a vagina. That had nothing to do with it at all. <laughs> it was it was that he reached all the way in, almost to his elbow, and then pulled it out. <laughs> and then pulled it out. And that was a euphemism to pull the gun out. <laughs> but I mean, David Cronenberg, who directed that movie, he likes he likes gross out uh, horror like that. He's done a lot of freaky shit. Yeah, like. Uh, Shivers. Shivers. Scanners. Scanners. Which I loved. The Brood with all the creepy little children. The Brood. <sighs> um, and his incredible remake of The Fly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then the, but then you also have uh, Dead Ringers. Uh, wasn't a big fan. I, but we're not talking about being a fan. We're talking about being creep, uh, creeped out. Well, yeah. Saying. I was creeped out. All right. Then you were creeped out. Uh, extends. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was the movie he did about accident victims? Um, trying to remember. Ah, uh, fuck me. It was... Uh, uh, Rosanna Arquette was in it, I think. Ah... Uh. Next topic. <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember, but that was people getting off on playing around with wounds. That while they were that while they were kissing and making out, they t one guy one person would take their finger and rub it along the edge of the wound that they had just had sewn up, or like where they had had a big huge gash in their leg, and you'd see you'd see the girl. T working her finger up and along the edge of it as they're making out on the couch. Was that that same wacky movie with Jennifer Jason Lee? I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember the name of it. I couldn't help you. But Rosanna Arquette, I thought was in it, but maybe not. Maybe. But that's. But that. that of course, that's Cronenberg. Okay. Um, the other thing is, I get two movies that. Uh, literally for shop objects. <laughs> okay. All right. I got Hellraiser mm -hmm. because of the hooks. Mm -hmm. Hellraiser 2 because of the straight edge razor. Mm -hmm. And Dead Zone because of the scissors. Because the, the, the guy commits suicide. All right. Let's get crazy. Hit me. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you. I'm just, I, I just have a problem with shop objects. And that just sort of like brought it to the forefront, especially the guy with the straight edge razor trying to cut off the maggots that he thought were in his, uh, his biting into his body. That was in Hellraiser too, right? That was in Hellraiser too. Yeah. That was pretty gross because you know he's just sitting there and you know uh, he well he was clawing at his body because he thought the maggots were there, and then the doctor handed him a straight edge razor. And he's and like, yeah, he just, because he thought he could cut them off. Yeah. It was and literally cutting he, he, into his body. Slicing himself up and then... Yeah. 
Yeah, that was creepy. Okay. That was the, la creepy. the last thing I want to talk, I want to even mention, is an old TV show. Don't know if you ever watched it. Was the Night Gallery? It was. I've seen. I've seen some episodes. Okay, yeah. it was it was Rod Serling's horror version of the Twilight Zone. It ran in the seventies. Right. Okay. Um, a lot of the stories were tongue in cheek. Uh, because it was 1970s television, you couldn't go all out horror. But there was some that really pushed the limit. Mm -hmm. The one that I remember the most is one called Green Fingers, a takeoff on somebody who has a green thumb. Okay. Okay, that they're good at planting. Well, this whole story wraps around this older woman who owns this piece of property that this company is trying to buy out. Okay? Mm hmm. And. She all she can do is plant all day. She's got all these flowers, all these vegetables, all this, and she and she talks about it as if they're her children. So that's all she does the whole day. The whole day, she's retired. She's got all the property. She owns the property outright. She doesn't have to pay mortgage. She doesn't. She, all she does is she just goes on. Okay. So what ends up happening is basically she she makes the comment that no matter what she plants grows and she even talks about the fact that she accidentally buried a rotted end to a t potato that fell out of her garbage and she accidentally buried it when she was planting and she actually had potatoes growing out of that one little piece that had grown mm -hmm. okay so they, it's a throwaway line and as they're going along the, the guy that owns this company wants her out bad. So he hires this thug to basically get rid of her no matter what. Well, he ends up breaking into the house one night, scares her, catches her in the kitchen, right? Cuts off her fingers. Basically being, you're going to be gone. No, you're not staying. <clears throat> so, he leaves... They, I don't remember if they say how the police end up there, but the police end up at the house. Find her holding her arm up underneath her, her chest, right? Holding back the blood and playing around in the dirt. Okay? And you think, she's, she's in shock. She's trying, and even the cop says, I think she's in shock. She's, she thinks she's planting in the yard. And they, say, and they say, okay, fine. Get her into the ambulance, get her to the hospital. Well, she dies on the table. The guy that owns the co company finds out that she died. So he thinks he's good. he's home free. She has no relatives. All he has to do is wait the probate court out, and then he can buy the property from the state. So he's all set. I'm home free. Exactly. But what ends up happening is he goes to the house to do, like, his little victory victory. Dance. <laughs> and while he's there, the thug shows up and he tells the guy what he had to do. He says, I didn't want you to do that. I just wanted you to scare her. I said, well, I scared her pretty good. So he leaves. Now the uh, chauffeur overhears this conversation and he's totally disgusted now that, the, that they, he would resort to something like this to get this old lady's house. So he tells him, I, I, I quit. I don't care. I just can't work for you anymore. He gets in the car and drives away. 
Now, while he's getting into the car, the guy hears some rustling in the side yard. So he walks over there to see what it is. He sees these fingertips start rotating in the ground, trying to get up out of the dirt. So he freaks him out. He runs back to the chauffeur. Chauffeur is already long gone down the road. And he starts, he starts bawling. He's like, oh, my God, get, somebody's got to help me. Somebody's got to get me out of here. Somebody's got to help me. And then all of a sudden, he hears somebody, like, walking up across the porch. He stops, starts thinking, and it's like, oh, my God, what the hell is this? Thinking the first, the first thing he saw was just, out of, you know, play of the tr- light out of the corner of his eye. You know, didn't mean much. He goes into the house because he hears some singing. He gets in there. And there's the old woman rocking back and forth in her rocking chair with all these roots hanging off of her arms and off of her legs and everything. Going, that's right, everything I plant grows. Every single thing. Everything grows. Then you see him rushing out of the house, white-haired, everything, and and looking in the camera going, Did you ever hear the story? about the old woman who had a green thumb and whatever she planted growed. <laughs> and then that's it. That that episode freaked the hell out of me when I and I mean I saw that when I was like 7. Well, you just freaked the fuck out of me by doing that impersonation right now. <laughs> I don't find it funny. <laughs> what, the laugh or uh, the story? Just. <laughs> Your impersonations, man. I was like, wow, that's kind of. Creepy? Creepy. What do you mean by that? <laughs> don't do that shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I think that's pretty much it for us tonight. Yes. And a shout out to Elio Canella. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, we're going to try to get this rolling right. But uh, as far as uh, Vinny the Vault and Popcorn Pete, this has been the MMO Radio Show, the Mark Out.